Thank you for listening, downloading, sharing, subscribing, commenting, donating, and praying for us. And for going to BrotherLance.com to get the free PDF of this teaching. Like I said a second ago, today we're actually going to say who the man of sin is. We're actually studying next week, but we're going to tell you somewhere in the study who it is. And so just brace for that because it's going to be good stuff. So this is a very key point to understand. The Antichrist spirit comes from within the church. Let this again, because everybody's like, oh, it's the world. No, the devil is in the church. The devil is subverting the gospel. He doesn't care about the world. The world's already fallen. It's already going to hell. It's in the church. It's always been in the church. And that's what we just read in 1 John, that it was among us. It came out from among us, okay? And that's why this is called the Judas Cipher, because it gives us the demonstration of how the son of perdition is going to work. But lawlessness isn't lawlessness in the world. The world has tons of laws. Every, I mean, the Library of Congress has so many laws on the books, they don't even know all of them. You break laws every day you don't even know exist. It's not a man-made law. It's lawlessness within the church. We knew the Antichrist is First John, or was it First John? Yeah, First John said that the Antichrist comes up from among us. It's lawlessness within the body of Christ. Jesus is telling us something here with Judas by calling him the son of perdition. Because what did we what did we learn that the Antichrist was from among them, right? That's what John First John said, and it came out from among them. Judas was one of the twelve, right? So, again, we get this connection. The Antichrist is from within us. God is saying, or Jesus is saying that the son of perdition, Judas was amongst the twelve. said, I would go as, as far as to say that Jesus is the son of God and Judas was the spiritual son of Satan. We say it all the time when we say Jesus, the son of God. It is no leap of logic to say that Judas was the son of Satan. The personified physical expression of the God of this earth, Satan the destroyer, enshrined in the son of perdition. It was Antichrist versus Christ. Holding a form of godliness, but having denied his power, turned away from these also, right? And so they have the the, the son of perdition, even Satan, has a form of godliness. Because we have to remember, Satan is the great perverter, right? God gave us truth, Satan makes the lie. God gives us life, Satan gives death, right? And so this is what he does. He perverts it. But he tries to wrap himself in the clothes of holiness, right? False messiahs, false prophets, angel of light, false signs and wonders. This doesn't look like a hideous snarling beast with a pitchfork wearing a really bad uh, red jumpsuit, you know, knocking on your door like, I'm a bad guy. I've come here to deceive you. No, it's, it's pretty. It's nice. It's beautiful. It's wholesome. It feels good. It makes you happy. Because nobody wants to be like, hey, guys, we're going to go out there and, like, chop everybody's heads off. Because either you're worshiping God or you're worshiping the devil. You only got two options. There's only one true God, Yahweh, and there's only one Messiah, Jesus Christ. Only one way to be saved. That's through Jesus. Any other options, you're a liar. You're not believing in the Bible. You're not believing in the Jesus of the Bible. You made up your own God, your own gospel, your own Jesus. Okay, and you're going to hell for it because you can't have salvation outside of Jesus. So if you're not worshiping the one true God and Jesus Christ, his Messiah, our, our Savior, you are worshiping in Satan. You're a Satan worshiper. You might feel like you're doing the right thing, but you're worshiping the devil. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness for sin is lawlessness. 
What is the son of perdition? The son of lawlessness, the son of sin, the son of rebellion, the son that, that tells you you don't have to keep the commandments of God. And by agreeing to this, you are displacing the spirit of Christ, the spirit of obedience for the spirit of antichrist, the spirit of rebellion. And you are profaning the temple of God. He who practices sin is of huh, the devil. Son of perdition, that evil antichrist spirit, the spirit of rebellion. Stop playing games with God. Start getting deadly serious. If you don't want to obey him, give up your faith, walk away, and stop wasting your time. Because that's exactly what you're doing. If you need help with obedience, ask for it. He wants to help you. But don't sit there and lie to yourself saying, I'm a saved Christian, but I'm in rebellion against God every day of my life because I don't have to obey him. Lie. Lie, 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 lie. You're a liar. You're believing the devil. You're, he's the father of lies. He has infected you. He has given you the antichrist spirit to rebel against the God who demands your obedience. This is going to slap you upside the head. The son of perdition is being preached and bring the church is being prepared and right. Because there will come a day that this individual will be revealed and will draw the church away. Okay. But the son of perdition is the false, fake. Brotherlamps.com Dear Father, we praise you. We thank you that everybody's here today. Got a great crowd and for a great message. So we praise you for that. Give us the Holy Spirit, guide us unto your truth, help us understand who the man of sin is and how this devious plot of the devil is so rampant in the world, and guide us in all things. We praise you, we thank you, and we love you, and thank you for getting through us through this life and through this week, and uh, bless everybody in your group and every area of their needs, Father, and we love you very much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Okay. So, anyway, so this is Escape from Babylon, this series, part 10. The Judas Cipher, Son of Perdition, and uh, Revealed, it's the introduction. So, like I said a second ago, today we're actually going to say who the man of sin is. We're actually studying next week, but we're going to tell you somewhere in the study who it is. And so, just brace for that, because it's going to be good stuff. Uh, so, let's go ahead and jump in. The Focus Verse, Part 1, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1-4. Now, brothers... Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask not to be quickly shaken in your mind. You do not be troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us saying that the day of Christ has already come. Let no one deceive you in any way for it will not be unless the rebellion or as some version says the falling away. Now the word there means apostasy, defection from the truth, right? To apostatize. So unless the falling away, the apostasy comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, and that's what we're doing today, the son of destruction, he who opposes and exalts himself against all that is called God or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, setting himself up as God. Okay, this is happening right now, and we'll explain how this is happening, but this is a current event. So 
The satanic deception has not stopped since the very foundation of the earth. He hasn't changed his tactics and schemes. They are the same as they always have been. This is why we are warned to be wise to the tricks of the devil. So let's read Ephesians 6.11. Clothe yourselves with the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the schemes slash tricks of the devil. So even right now, Jesus, even after Jesus went into heaven, the Antichrist spirit was active within the church. Satan was trying to pervert the true gospel from the very start. So 1 John 2, 18 through 19 says, Children, it is the last hour, just as you heard, the, so it's the, a lot of uh, uh, doctors out there say, well, there's not a the Antichrist, it's just Antichrist. No, there's a the Antichrist, okay? So the Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have appeared. If we uh, know from this that it is that the last hour, they went out from us. Very important. They went out from them. The Antichrist spirits went out from amongst the brethren. But they did not really belong to us because if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But they went out from us to demonstrate that all of them do not belong to us. So this is a very key point to understand. The Antichrist spirit comes from within the church. Let this again, because everybody's like, oh, it's the world. No, the devil is in the church. The devil is subverting the gospel. He doesn't care about the world. The world's already fallen. It's already going to hell. It's in the church. It's always been in the church. And that's what we just read in 1 John, that it was among us. It came out from among us, okay? And that's why this is called the Judas Cipher, because it gives us the demonstration of how the set of perdition is going to work. So let's read. All these renowned Antichrist actors defying the one true God are just forerunners of the truth of the truth. The man of sin, the son of perdition, the lawless one, the Antichrist, much like John the Baptizer was the kingly herald of Jesus our Messiah. What is going on right now across the entire planet is heralding the soon coming and the manifestation of the man of sin, the true son of perdition, yes, the Antichrist, okay? So thankfully, I believe God and Jesus gave us all the clues, tips, and information we need to pinpoint who it is and what the powers behind this deceptive character. So in this study, we will start with Satan, the power behind the deception of the man of sin. So this is a continuation of our focus verse up top, okay? So it's 2 Thessalonians 2, 5-12 through 12 this time. It says, Don't you remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Now you know what is restraining him to the end, that he may be revealed in his own season. Okay, key point, verse 7. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Hmm. Only there is one who restrains now until he is taken out of the way. Then the lawless one will be revealed. When the Lord will will kill with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the manifestation of his coming. And he whose coming is according to the working of Satan. So the power of the son of perdition, the man of sin, the lawless one, the antichrist is a power according to the power of the working of Satan with all power, signs and lying wonders and with deception of wickedness for those who are lost. Right. So top of page two. Because they didn't receive the love of truth. That they might be saved. And because of this, God, another key point, God sends them a working uh, of error, a, a deceiving spirit, some uh, things are uh, 
interpret it as, that they should believe a lie. So God is sending them this error to believe a lie because they did not want to believe the truth, that they not they might be judged who didn't believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Don't play games with God, guys. You know, if he gives you opportunity for truth, don't push back, don't reject it, because what will happen is God will send you a deceiving, deceptive spirit, because that's what you're investing in. God will not be mocked. Man will reap what he sows. If you sow into lies, you'll get more lies. If you sow into truth, you're going to get more truth. And this is so important for what's going on with the man of sin. So we know out of this verse that it's a mystery of lawlessness, right? Which we'll get into, I think, here in a little bit. But lawlessness isn't lawlessness in the world. The world has tons of laws. Every, I mean, the Library of Congress has so many laws on the books, they don't even know all of them. You break laws every day you don't even know exist. It's not a man-made law. It's lawlessness within the church. We knew the Antichrist is first John, uh, was it first John? Yeah, first John said that the Antichrist comes up from among us. It's lawlessness within the body of Christ. Okay, so let's look at the Judas cipher. Judas is our example to understand the son of perdition. Judas, the son of perdition. John 17, 12 says, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name that those you have given me, I've kept and none of them is lost, but... The son of perdition. How interesting he called him that. That the scripture might be filled. Right? Fulfilled. And let's read the next verse. Mark 14, 21. The son of man indeed goes as has been written of him. But woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would it were good for that man if he had never been born. Right? So this is Jesus calling Judas the son of perdition and saying, listen, it is. it would have been better for this individual to have never existed for what he's going to do. He's going to pay. Okay, so we need to take this. And I, when doing this study, I was like, okay, Jesus is telling us something here with Judas by calling him the son of perdition. Because what did we what did we learn that the Antichrist was from among them? Right. That's what John first John said. And it came out from among them. Judas was one of the twelve. Right. So, again, we get this connection. The Antichrist is from within us. God is saying or Jesus is saying that the son of perdition. Judas was amongst the twelve. Right. And so let's go. Judas, the temple of Satan. As we see here, Satan had give up on trying to knock Jesus off the plane of God. Luke 4, 13. The de devil finished tempting Jesus in every way and went away until a better time. And so Young's literal translation says tell a convenient season. So he went through his temptation in the desert and then he came back later. Right. And so we need to remember this, especially at the end where Judas betrays Jesus because Satan enters into Judas to do this. John 6, 7 through, uh, 70 through 71 says, And Jesus answered them, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? And one of you is a devil. We're going to talk about that. But he spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who was about to betray him, being one of the twelve. So I put a note. It says the word A was added. It's not in the manuscripts. It's not in the original writing. Right? It says, I believe it should read, One of you is Satan. As in the devil, let's uh, look into Strong's Concordance G1228, and it says, From G1225, a traducer, specifically Satan. False accuser, devil, or slander. The New English translation reads, And yet one of you is the devil. I believe that's the most accurate translation. It says, One of you is the devil. One of you is Satan. Jesus knew that Judas was Satan. 
right? He's the temple of the devil. And we're going to prove that a little bit more here in a second. Okay, so as we read above, it is with the power of Satan, the son of perdition is empowered. So 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 through 9 reads, Then the lawless, none will, lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the breath of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, whose coming is according to the working of Satan, we read that a second ago, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, right? So Satan is the man behind the son of perdition. Satan was also the, the power behind Judas and in Judas, right? And so we're going to look at the moment where this transpires in that Satan and Judas becomes the temple of the devil, right? So as we see here, Satan went into Judas and he became the son of perdition. So finding the opportune season to come after Jesus, Judas is possessed by the devil. Judas manifesting as the temple of Satan carries out the devil's plot to kill the Messiah. Let's read John 13, 27 through 28. And after Jesus took the piece of bread, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, what you are about to do, do quickly. Now, none of these pre uh, present at the table understood why Jesus said this. And again, we read in Luke 22, 3, Satan entered into Judas, who was also called the Scarlet, who was counted with the twelve. And so what we need to understand here, and hi, our, our mystery participant who just showed up. Um, in Luke 23, uh, 22, 3, Satan entered into Jesus, John uh, 13, 27 through 28, Satan entered into Jesus, uh, Judas, right? So we understand that son of perdition, Judas, was powered by Satan to, to pull out this act that uh, Satan was doing against Jesus and the plan, right? So I put a note here. So we got the temple of Satan. Obviously, that's true. He's being possessed, right? So I got the, an, another note here. It says the son of Satan. Judas was the son of Satan. Jesus was the son of God. Judas was the son of Satan. And I'll prove that to you. Let's read said, I would go as, as far as to say that Jesus is the son of God and Jesus was the spiritual son of Satan. We say it all the time when we say Jesus, the son of God. It is no leap of logic to say that Judas was the son of Satan. The personified physical expression of the God of this earth, Satan the destroyer, enshrined in the son of perdition. It was Antichrist versus Christ. Okay, so we can all agree easily that the Antichrist spirit is from the devil. And that was what filled in Judas's heart to go against Christ. Okay. And so let me read a verse real quick. John 17, 12 says, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you have given me, I've kept none of them lost except the son of destruction, which is perdition and death that the scripture might be fulfilled. I re-put this verse up here because these commentaries that I'm about to read, I was studying the Bible and I was like, Judas is the son of Satan. And these commentaries are from like the 1800s. These are really old commentaries. They're great. They're beautiful. Most of the new ones are junk. I don't even bother reading them. They're just filled with lies and junk. But the older ones from the 1800s and the early 1900s have some great in-depth. So I'm sitting there going, yes, Lord, Judas is the son of Satan. And guess what I found in all these old commentaries? That was a previously held belief within the church. Okay? So let's look at Preacher's Homiletical Commentary. On John 17, 12, it says, son of perdition, a Hebraism, son of death, son of corruption or destruction. Okay. So from Albert Barnes, which is one of my favorite commentaries, but the son of perdition, the term son 
was given by the Hebrews to those who possessed the character describing by the word or name following. Thus, son of Bilal, those who possessed his character, children of wisdom, those who were wise, Matthew eleven nineteen. Thus, Judas is called a son of perdition because he had the character of a destroyer. He was a traitor and a murderer. And this shows that he who knew the hearts regarding his character as that of a wicked man on whose appropriate name was that of a son of perdition. Right? So what do we have here? We have this connection. Son of, son of the destroyer. Let's keep going. John Gill commentary. But the son of perdition, Judas, a child of Satan, whose name in Apollyon the destroyer, who is now about to betray his Lord and master, and was that was appointed to eternal ruin and destruction of which he was justly deserving, which is no instance of uh, is no instance of the apostasy of saints, sorry, since though he was given to Christ as an apostle, apostle, yet not in the eternal election to be saved by him, right? So at the very part, Judas, a child of Satan, whose name is Apollyon the destroyer, right? Again, from Adam Clark commentary, perdition or destruction is personified and Judas is represented as being her son. One of the worst men, ones whose crime appears to have been an attempt to destroy not only the savior of the world, but also the whole human race. And all this he was capable of through the love of money. Good, good point here. So if Judas was able to destroy and accomplish his will to get Jesus off the track, not knowing he was actually doing God's will, but he was so blinded by greed and money and power and control of the situation that if he would have succeeded is what Adam Clark is telling us, it would have destroyed all of humanity because then humanity would not have a savior. This is such a key point. Remember this when I tell you who the son of perdition is, because it's a big deal. Okay? So, uh, from the pulpit commentary, excerpt the, uh, that the son of perdition has perished. This is awful Hebraic phrase is used by St. Paul in 2 Thessalonians 2.3, and it's also in 2 Samuel 12.5. For antichrist and numerous phrases of kind show how genital following, and I'm not going to try to read Greek, or express the full characteristics or the chief feature of a, a certain person. This victim of perdition, this child of hell, has completed his course, and even now he has laid his plans for my destruction in his own. He has now has so perished in order that scripture might be fulfilled, right? And so, again, we get this connection. He's the son of the devil, right? A child of destruction, a child of death. This is not of from God. He's there to fulfill a role in, by God. But even Jesus like, it would have been better for this dude had never been born, right? And so he became a vessel of Satan, a temple of Satan, a son of Satan, okay? To, to enact and fight against Christ and fight against the church, not realizing he was doing God's will, obviously. We're not saying that the devil's always smart. We're just saying that this was part of the plan. So let's read. So very interesting background on Judas, okay? And I found this really interesting, so I had to put it in there because it really opens up the thoughts of Judas, all right? Because Jesus makes a very specific reference in the Bible, and if you look up the reference, you can see what Judas was thinking, and that's a beautiful thing. So let's read it. John 13, 18. I don't speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the, the scriptures may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Well, where is that in scripture? Let's see. Let's see what was going in. What Jesus, Jesus obviously as, ascribed to Judas. Okay. Psalms 41, 5 through 10. It says, my enemies speak evil against me. When will he die? And his name perish. If he comes to me, 
He speaks falsehood. This is like Jesus saying, if he comes to me, he lies to me. And his heart gathers iniquity to itself. Gossip. And when he goes abroad, he tells his gossip. Right? All who hate me whisper together against me. It says, they imagine the worst for me, right? So these are all the people colluding against Jesus, all the Pharisees and Sadducees. Judas coming in pretending to be a friend, right? Verse 8, an evil disease, they say, has afflicted him. Afflicted him. Now that he lies, he shall rise up no more, right? In other words, we're going to kill him. Yes, my own uh, familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate bread with me, has lifted up his heel against me. But you, Yahweh, have mercy on me and raised me up that I may repay him. That's through death. By this I know that you delight in me because my enemy doesn't triumph over me. Right? So we can look into the heart of Judas and the people plotting against him. When will he die? When will his name perish? We're going to lie about him and gossip about him and do all these things. So this is the devil working in Judas to do these things, right? And trying to subvert what God was doing through our Christ, our Messiah. And so that's what we, let's look at what we have learned from the Judas cipher. It says, we know that the son of perdition betrays Jesus for selfish means, <laughs> selfish desire, and selfish gain. We see here that it is Satan that is the power behind the son of perdition, just like Satan was the power behind the serpent in the garden, and that Judas was the spiritual son of Satan, not unlike Jesus, who was the son of God. These are the key, uh, keys provided for us for a revealing of the son of death that is to come upon the earth. The very same son of lawlessness that is being spread across the globe this very day. You guys know who it is, too. I'm excited to tell you. Far and wide, the world is being prepared for his arrival to wonder after him and forsake God in Jesus. Okay, so let's look at the keys, what we have learned. Number one, he desired worldly gain, things of the flesh. Two, he was amongst the 12 as part of the church. Three, he wanted to lead and have his will done. Right. Four, he did not fear God or Christ. Five, he hates the things of God and prefers the things of the flesh. Six, he portrayed those he made trust in him. And seven, his betrayal is an act of suicide as Jesus, Judas committed suicide, Matthew 27, 3 through 10, because it'll be his ruin and his undoing. Okay, so we can see more examples of this possession power by Satan to working against God. So let's look. We see this in, in just like in Peter, Matthew 16, 22 through 23. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from me, uh, from you, Lord. This will never be done to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me, for you're not setting your minds on the things of God, but on the things of men. Right? So Satan jumped into Peter and was like, Peter thought he was doing the right thing and didn't know he's being controlled by the devil. Right? And so just like Ananias in Acts 5, 3. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart for you to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the land? Okay. And so this next one's a really good one because these are personal, individual peoples that the devil is dealing with. We need to understand he does this to nations. He does this to kingdoms. Right. And so that's why I put in this. So, so first we need to understand that the dragon is Satan. Revelation 20 verse 2. Revelation 20, verse 2. And he laid hold on the dragon that the old serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. So the dragon in Revelation is the devil. Obviously, it just said that and made the correlation. Okay. So we can read the next verse with some understanding. Revelation 13, 2 through 3. And it says, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power. 
right? And his throne in great authority. So the devil did it. And I saw one of his heads as though it had been smitten unto death, and his death stroke was healed, and the whole earth wondered after the beast. We'll go over this more in just a bit, but it says, see Ezekiel 28, 11 through 19, and Isaiah 14, 9 through 22 for more examples of this. And so this beast power, this end time presence and power, kingdom power, it's the devil again. Right? The enemy is the devil. It's clearly spoken in truth. The enemy is giving him his power, giving him his authority, giving, making this happen. Okay? It says, we also see this when Satan was tempting Jesus. Matthew 4, 8 through 9. Again, the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their grandeur. And he said to him, I will give you all these things if you throw yourself to the ground and worship me. It says, we can definitely say that Satan is the power behind the sudden perdition and destruction. Using Jesus as an example, I believe Jesus gave us guidance to unlock the truth about the coming son of perdition. With this confirmation, we can look into scripture and see for ourselves what attributes are the son of lawlessness. Knowing this, we can look into the world and see what aligns with the characteristics given to us. Using this information, we will identify who it is. I promise you have heard of him before, but it has been never been said that I know of that it is he. Okay? So let's look at some characteristics now that we know that the son of perdition is being led, driven, directed by Satan, and that he's here to promote lawlessness, right? And that, so I found some like characteristics, right, that we want to look at of the devil and this thing. And we're just going to go quickly through these, and I'm just going to read them and we'll move on. So the, he exchanges good for evil. Isaiah 5, 20 through 21. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, but who put dark for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those wise in their own eyes and bright in their own sight. Right? And so this is what it is. They exchange good for evil to take the things of God and, and switches them out for the things of the earth. Next one, ignores the word of God. Jeremiah 13.10, the evil people who refuse to hear my words, who walk in the stubbornness of their hearts and walk after their other gods to serve them and to worship them shall even be like this girl or which is good for nothing. Right? So they don't seek after God. They seek after the God of their own making. That's happening. It's happening. Okay, and they follow his he follows his own way. Third John 1:11. Beloved, do not imitate the bad, but the good. He who does good good is from God, but he who does evil has not seen God, right? So they go after their own way. They wander after their own desires, their own making. Cuz if you actually been with God, you're going to do it God's way. Period. That's it. Okay? So next one, he desires the ways of man, Matthew 16, 23. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block for me, for you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of men. So he desires the earthly, the fleshly, the first Adam things, not the second Adam things. Okay. And we have to keep that in mind. So he acts like he is godly and in the, in the true God's will. Second Timothy 3, 5. Holding a form of godliness, but having denied his power, turned away from these also, right? And so they have the, the, the son of perdition, even Satan has a form of godliness. Cause we have to remember Satan is the great perverter, right? God gave us truth. Satan makes the law. God gives us life. Satan gives death, right? And so this is what he does. He perverts it, but he tries to wrap himself in the clothes of holiness, right? And so. Uh, next one, he hates the ways of God and godliness. Acts 13.10, and he said, You are full of your own deceit and all wrongdoing, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness. You will not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord. 
There you go. And so what does the son of perdition do? The son of perdition perverts and subverts and twists and, and balls up and destroys the clear spoken meaning of God in Jesus in the scripture. Right. And we second guess and, you know, seeds of doubt. All right, next one. He hates truth and life. John 8, 44. You're of your father, the devil. You want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and doesn't stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he's a liar and the father of lies. Okay. He is a deceiver. Revelation 12, 9. The great dragon was thrown down. The old servant, he who is called devil in the seventh, the deceiver of the world. He was thrown down to the earth and the angels were thrown down with him, right? So the devil is a deceiver. His his whole goal with the son of perdition is cause deception. He's not going to come out and go, I'm the devil. I'm Satan. No, he's going to come out as an angel of light and pretend to be good when he is really bad, right? And that's what he's doing right now. Mm, yes, he is. All right, next one. He uses trickery to deceive, 2 Corinthians 11.3. But I'm afraid that just as the serpent deceived Eve, by his treachery, your minds may be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion, uh, and pure devotion to Christ. Right? And so, treachery, trickery, deception, what ifs? Well, what about that? Well, this is the way we should do it. This is the way we've always done it. All these little lies the devil's trying to bring in, they're just saying, thus saith the Lord. Right? Okay. Top of page six. He seeks to deceive the true church of God in the world. Matthew 24, 24. For false messiahs. Woo, that's a good one. Just put that check in your head. False messiah. False messiah. Don't let the Satan is a false messiah. Don't forget that. And false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Hmm. So who is the deception coming out to? Of course, the devil wants to deceive the whole world, but the whole world is still going to hell. It's the church who's filled with the possibility of salvation and, and redemption through the blood of Christ Jesus that can go to heaven. So he wants to send them false messiahs, huh? false prophets, and false signs and wonders that even the elect might be deceived by this deception. And it's happening. All right. That's the next one. He will do these this by pretending to be this uh, be something he is not. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Right? So, false messiahs, false prophets, angel of light, false signs and wonders. This doesn't look like a hideous, snarling beast with a pitchfork, wearing a really bad a red jumpsuit, you know, knocking on your door. Like, I'm a bad guy. I've come here to deceive you. No, it's... It's pretty. It's nice. It's beautiful. It's wholesome. It feels good. It makes you happy. Because nobody wants to be like, hey, guys, we're going to go out there and, like, chop everybody's heads off. Right? You know, so it's a deception. And it's happening. All right. Uh, he is out looking to destroy all real faith and truth and those who would adhere to it. First Peter 5, 8. Be sensible and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for people who want to be deceived. He's looking for people who don't have a love for the truth. He's looking for people who have a chance at salvation and know Christ and to go in there and to plant weeds amongst the wheat in your heart, in your mind. Instead of just saying, thus saith the Lord. It's written clearly right here. This is what we're supposed to do. And then we second guess it and we backtrack it and we mull around because we don't want to change what we're doing. And the, the devil's like, oh yeah, just come this way. 
No, just like he said to Eve, you shall surely not die. What did Eve do? He, she repeated everything God told her. Hmm. So what does that mean? This, this deceive. Well, we just read the verse. To be deceived like Eve, right? The subtlety of the servant. Eve basically quoted scripture. There wasn't scripture back then, but the word of God. And still disobeyed God. Even knowing his exact words, she reasoned within herself. Hmm. Yeah. Looks good to me. Sounds good. Makes me feel good. It looks good to eat. Same thing's happening right now. The exact same thing. It's happening right now. I promise it's happening to you. It happens to everybody. And you have to be wise and you have to be strong to push against it and go, nope, just say it the Lord. I don't have to reason. I don't have to second guess. It says it right here. Period. That's all you have to do. Take yourself out of the equation. Just obey the word of God. And you'll be fine. It's when you go, well, hmm, well, I don't know. And you push back against the spirit of God. You're pushing back into your own grave. Don't do that. That's bad. All right. So, as we see here, the power behind the man who sinned opposes God in every way. That's what we read above when we keep reading 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 4. Let's read. Let no one, uh, anyone deceive you by any means, for the day shall not come unless there first comes a falling away or a rebellion. And the man of sin shall be revealed in the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, sending himself forth that he is God. Ooh, this is going to be good, guys. So this is just a brief rundown. As you can clearly see, Satan, the man of sin, the man of all this, the son of perdition, hates God, hates Jesus, and while pretending to be the very same, right? Trying to be an angel of light, having a form of godliness, but deceiving. Jesus said false messiahs, false prophets, right? So we're going to look into this verse. Let's look at Antichrist, okay? The son of perdition and the Antichrist are one and the same. First John 2, 18. Children, it is the last hour, just as you heard that the, 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 there is the, Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have appeared. We know from this that it is the last hour. So let's look at this word, Antichristo. The Thayer's Greek definition of the word Antichrist, which is G500, Antichristo definition, the adversary of the Messiah, one who opposes, right? And so there's, Christ and then there's Antichrist. It's not just like I don't, I'm like the opposite of Christ. It's I'm opposing Christ, right? So we know that who the adversary is. It's the devil. First Peter 5 8. Be sensible and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking someone he may devour, right? So he's the adversary. The Antichrist is the adversary of the Messiah, just as we read above. 2 Thessalonians 2, 4, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, setting himself forth up as if he's God, right? Mm -hmm. And so we understand this Antichrist spirit is coming against Christ. It's adversarial to the true, right? Competing against, okay? So we know Satan is the power behind the man of sin, which is the Antichrist, this false messiah, will deny the true Christ and set himself up as the long-awaited universal Messiah for the world. Okay? 1 John 2.22 says, Who is a liar but the person who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This one is Antichrist, the person who denies the Father and the Son. I put, by convincing the world to believe the lie, the imposter, 
He will make all those who follow after the beast to become antichrists. Because once you do not believe in Jesus, once you are not following him, but you're following your light, you're now opposing him. Because there's only truth and there's lies. That's it. Right? There's light and then there's dark. You're on one side or the other. Most Christians try to float in the gray area. Guess what? The Bible calls you puke. You're going to be thrown up out of God's mouth. He doesn't like it. You have to be hot or cold. You don't get the kind of, oh, I'm kind of Christian ease. I say the right words. I do the right things. I think, you know, until it's inconvenient to my life. And I tell God, no, no, you're not a Christian. Then you're, you're rebelling against God. You might be a rebellion Christian. We'll give you that. But here's the thing. You can't sit there in rebellion and always consider yourself a Christian because you're rebelling yourself into the other camp. You're pushing yourself out. Okay. So let's look at top of page seven. And so we want to tackle this verse. It says, we need to take a moment, the temple sin and accepting the liar. We need to take a moment to look into verse four of second Thessalonians two, three through four. It says, uh, let no one, let not anyone deceive you by any means for the day shall not come unless there, uh, comes a falling away first and the man of sin shall be revealed in the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. Or that is worship so that he sits in the temple of God, setting himself forth that he is God. So how does it make it work? So the Zionists think, oh, we need to make a temple in Israel. And then we're going to dedicate it. And somehow it's going to become holy. And then the man of sin, the Antichrist is going to go in and defame this temple. It can't be holy if God never blesses it. God's never going to bless it because of a bull of an uh, the blood of an animal. It's not going to happen. It can't be that temple. Right? So let's read. In order to unpack this verse, he sits as God in the temple of God. We need to understand this profound truth. To worship the beast, the Antichrist, the man of sin, son of perdition, is to worship Satan. He is the power behind the facade. So I need to prove this out, that if those who follow after this system is actually worshiping the devil. Those who follow the follow the the uh, uh, the Antichrist spirit, the son of perdition, the spirit of lawlessness, the son of lawlessness, any of these things, you're actually worshiping Satan. It might appear as an angel of light, it might appear as the true and the holy, but you're worshiping the devil. All right. So again. We need to first understand that the dragon is Satan, Revelation 2, 22, and he laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, who is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. So Revelation 13, 1 through 7, let's read. He claims to be God. That's my note. Verse 1. Then I saw a beast coming up out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads, and on his horns were ten diadems, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Blasphemy, claiming to be God, right? Equal, greater than. Satan gives the beast system its power. Uh, verse 2. Now the beast that I saw was like a leopard, but his feet were like bears, and his mouth was like a lion's mouth. The dragon gave him gave the beast his power, his throne, and great authority to rule, and one of the beast's heads appeared to have been killed by the lethal wound and healed. And the whole world followed the beast in amazement, right? And so Satan is the power behind this beast who's claiming to be God, right? This evil antichrist spirit system. It's all the devil, okay? I mean, it's not that hard, but we're proving it out so people can't come against it. Next, my note. They're actually worshiping Satan as they worship the beast system through their obedience to it. The beast is the facade, right? The outside layer, the stucco that's covering up the brick that is Satan. 
So they worshipped the dragon because he had given ruling and authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast to say, who is like unto the beast and is able to make war against him? So by worshipping the beast, they're worshipping Satan, because Satan is the dragon, and it says they worship the dragon. So they might not know it's Satanism, they might not know it's the devil, but that's what the outcome is, because either you're worshipping God or you're worshipping the devil. You only got two options. There's only one true God, Yahweh, and there's only one Messiah, Jesus Christ, only one way to be saved, that's through Jesus. Any other options, you're a liar. You're not believing in the Bible, you're not believing in the Jesus of the Bible, you made up your own God, your own gospel, your own Jesus, okay? And you're going to hell for it. Because you can't have salvation outside of Jesus. So if you're not worshiping the one true God and Jesus Christ, his Messiah, our, our Savior, you are worshiping in Satan. You're a Satan worshiper. You might feel like you're doing the right thing, but you're worshiping the devil. Okay? Nazarene. Again, Satan claims to be God through the beast. Verse 5. The beast was given a mouth speaking proud words and blasphemy, and he was permitted to exercise ruling authority for 42 months. And so the beast opened his mouth to blaspheme against God and to blaspheme both his name and his dwelling place and those who dwell in heaven. Hmm. Wow. So yeah, God, Jesus, and the angels blaspheming it all. Right? Next one. Uh, saying as the false makes war against the true. Verse 7, the beast was permitted to go to war against the saints and conquer them. He was giving ruling authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. So here we have it. Satan will enact the mark of the beast through the beast system, right? And we're about to read that. This will fulfill the Second Thessalonians 2-4 prophecy and make the entire wor world worship Satan. So Revelation 13 15 through 18, uh, chapter, sorry, chapter 13, verses 15 through 18. That'll make it easier. And there was given to him a spirit to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast might both speak and might cause as many as would not, top of page 8, worship the image of the beast to be killed, which is, as we just learned, is worshiping Satan. So they won't, they refuse to worship Satan. And it causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and even that not, not any might buy, sell, except those having the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let have reason count the number of the beast for the number of a man. And its number is 666. Okay? So, and this is how we fulfill that Thessalonians setting himself in the temple of God claiming to be God. Okay? Mm -hmm. Temple of God. Satan is the false version of the Holy Spirit. Let this sink in. The spirit of Antichrist wants to take over the hearts of the children of God and deny God his rightful place in the hearts of mankind. Keep the spirit of Christ in you and keep out the spirit of the Antichrist. Philippians 1.19 says, For I know that this will turn out for my salvation through your prayers and supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Okay, here we go. So there is the spirit of Jesus Christ. And reject the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit that denies the true Christ of God. So 1 John 4, 1 through 4. So we kind of starting to prove there's the spirit of Christ and then there's the spirit of Antichrist. Okay. Yeah. It says 1 John 4, 1 through 4. Uh, beloved, I, I don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits where they are not of God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. By this we know the spirit of God, and every spirit who confesses that Jesus has Jesus has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit who does, doesn't confess that Jesus comes, uh, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. 
of whom you have heard that it, it comes, and that it is in the world already. The Spirit was already present. You are, you are of God, little children, have overcome them, but greater is he who is in you than he is in the world. So we want to keep the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit that cries out, Abba, Father, given it to us, right? And so how does this all work? So let's un unbox it and figure out how this works. So how does this all work? Satan knows we are the temple and he wants to take it over and destroy it like he did the earthly temple. Then also did it through Judas to portray Jesus, who was the temple, and had put him to death. Now he wants to take over God's temple, which is the hearts and of hearts and of mankind, right? And so this explains the following verse, 2 Thessalonians 2.4. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship. And as a result, he takes his seat in God's temple, displaying himself as God. Right? And so we know that the temple is no more that we are the temple of God. So, But let's prove it out. Satan wants to inhabit the hearts and minds of all the children of God to fulfill his original goal of exalting his throne over God's. Since he lost the battle in heaven, was kicked out and cast down to the earth, now he's trying to do it in the children of God. Who, where, uh, wherever God resides, Satan thinks it must die, be destroyed, or profane. So let's read. This is the verse where he says, I'm going to exalt my throne. Uh, okay. Isaiah 14, 13 through 14. For you have said in your hearts, I will go up to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will go above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. That goal has never changed from the garden, from heaven to the earth. It's still happening. Right. And so we are the temple of God. Right. Now he wants to exalt himself inside of us. OK. Jesus was the first archetype in the temple, the new temple standard of God. Right. So John 2, 19 through 21. It says, Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. Then Jesus said, this temple was 46 years building and you'll rear it up in three days. It says, but he spoke of the temple of his body. The Bible says the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Jesus bodily, that it pleased God for this to be so. So when God, when Jesus walked the earth, he was the new temple, right? What was happening in that building no longer mattered. Right. What was happening in Jesus mattered, mm -hmm. right? And so we can go into it like how the Bible says that God will write his law upon the fleshly tablets of our hearts. It was written all over Christ's law. I mean, Christ's heart. It was, the law was written in him. He obeyed in every single way, right? And he did the things that he was supposed to do. And so what we need to understand is Jesus was the archetype, right, of the new temple uh, standard. And so let's look at top of page nine. It says, now we are, are the type following the example of Jesus. Much like when Satan entered into the garden to destroy humanity, he now wants to enter into your hearts and have you eat the fruit of rebellion. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 17 says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If someone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy, which is what you are. So you are the temple of God now. So if Satan is going to go into the temple of God, set him up himself as if he's God and proclaim to be God, there's only one location that that actually can happen on this earth. It's in you, believers. That's it. Right. And that is the whole goal. The world is already lost. He's coming after the church, the place where salvation is found. That's why people in the world can seem like they're so happy because the devil isn't worried about him. So he leaves them alone. But he goes after believers. 
1 Corinthians 6, 19-20, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God with your body? 2 Corinthians 6, 16, And what mutual agreement does the temple of God have with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will live in them, and I will walk amongst them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Right? So, we have the spirit of Christ and Antichrist, right? So we're going to cover the spirit of Christ just a little bit more. Yes, we're laying it on thick. You're the temple of God. Satan uh, wants to get in you. He's the son of perdition. The lawlessness, there's an actual facade of what that is. And I'm going to share who that is here in a little bit. But the thing is, is we have to understand this battle is going on for the church, for the body. And as we learned in 1 John, the Antichrist comes out from among us. It pretends to be us. It looks like us. It sounds like us. has a form of godliness. But it denies the power of, doesn't really care about the things of God, cares about the things of the flesh, the first Adam. Okay? That's what's happening. So, let's read. The Spirit of Christ is what the devil is trying to transplant out of believers and profane the temple of God. If he can't exalt his own antichrist spirit into the hearts of man and rebellion against God, he'll profane the true temple of God. So let's read Galatians 2.20. says, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer that I live, but Christ who lives in me. That life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Right? So it is Christ who lives in you. Galatians 4, 6-7, because you are sons of God, God did send forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so that thou art no more servants but a son, and if a son also heirs of God through Christ. Again, Romans 8, 9-11, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, this person does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is your life because of righteousness. Moreover, if the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, you're the one who raised Christ from the dead will also make your mortal bodies alive through his spirit who lives in you. Right? So we have the spirit of Christ. The devil wants to put the spirit of antichrist in you. He wants to displace it. The temple of God. That's who you are. That's what you are. Right? And he wants to push that out of you through rebellion. Okay? Next one. He wants to exalt the spirit of the Antichrist in the temple of God to profane it. First John 4, 3. And every spirit who doesn't confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist of whom you have heard that comes now is in our is in the world already. You are of God, little children, to overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So, keep the evil Antichrist spirit in the world and out of you. You must resist the deception and the false Messiah and don't believe the lies of the devil. All right. 1 Corinthians 2.12. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so we, we may know the things that are freely given to us, right? So we don't want the spirit of Antichrist. We don't want the spirit of the world. We don't want that deceptive spirit, the one that does not desire the things of God, the one that does not re, uh, uh, obey God, the one that it's the spirit that rebels. Mm -hmm. It's the one that goes, did God really say that? Mm -hmm. Can we second guess? I mean, come on. Let's just look and we can wiggle. We can work with it. We can wiggle our way out of this a little. Just do what you want. We can bend. Yes. Rebellion.
All right. Children of obedience versus children of lawlessness. As we're coming down here towards the end. First John 3, 1 through 10. Behold, the manner of love the Father has given us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because he it did not know him. Top of page 10. Verse 2, Beloved, now we are the children of God. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he shall be revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope purifies himself, even as though uh, as that one is pure. Verse 4, Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, for sin is lawlessness. What is the son of perdition? The son of lawlessness, the son of sin, the son of rebellion, the son that, that tells you you don't have to keep the commandments of God. And by agreeing to this, you are displacing the spirit of Christ, the spirit of obedience for the spirit of antichrist, the spirit of rebellion. And you are profaning the temple of God. Verse five. And you know that he was revealed that he might take away our sins and in him is no sin. Everyone who abides in him does not sin. And everyone who sin has not seen him or knows him. Huh. Now, is he saying you'll never fail? No, he's talking about rebellion. He's talking about, ah, I don't, whatever, I can do what I want. Grace, mercy. Right? I got, I, I, I'm covered. No, you're not. You're going to hell. Right? And so everyone who bides in him does not sin, and everyone who sin has not seen him or knows him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who does righteousness is righteous, even as the one is righteous. Number, verse 8. He who practices sin is of, huh, the devil. Son of perdition, that evil antichrist spirit, the spirit of rebellion. For the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was revealed that he might undo the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil? Rebellion. How do you undo it? Obeying. It's not hard. It's only hard when we start second-guessing ourselves. Verse 9. Everyone who has been born of God does not commit sin because his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he is born, born of God. In this, the children of God are revealed. Those who obey versus those who don't obey and the children of the devil. Those who sin are of the devil. Those who say you don't have to keep the commandments are of the devil. In this, the children of God are revealed, the children of the devil. Everyone not practicing righteousness is not of God. Also, he who does not love his brother. All right, there we go. Again, we read that this issue is of sin, sinning, and rebellion. That is the qualifying determination of who you worship. You can say you believe in Jesus every day of your life until you're dead. You will not be saved by it. Because the Bible says the devil believes also. You can't call him Lord and Savior unless you're obeying him. Right? And so we're saved by faith, but faith without works is dead. Right? And so we're saved by faith, lest anybody should boast. But in Ephesians where it says, but we have been uh, 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 created to produce these works that were foreordained for us. Right. So we don't earn salvation by trying to obey. We respond to salvation by obeying. OK. Let's read Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. You were made alive when you were dead in transgressions of sins, rebellion, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the Satan, the spirit who now works in the children of disobedience. 
among whom we also once lived in the lust of our flesh, doing the desires of the flesh and of the mind, were borrowed by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Matthew 24, 12, right? I love this verse. This is Jesus. And because lawlessness will increase so much, the love of many will grow cold. It says, this is not lawlessness of the world. The world makes more laws. This is within the church. Widespread rebellion. The body of Christ must obey God to love him. To not obey is to forsake him and no longer love him. The antichrist spirit wants your rebellion to profane your hearts, to profane the temple, and to profane what you are supposed to be doing. Okay? So let's read that and prove it by scripture. 1 John 2, 3 through 5. Now by this we know that we have come to know God if we keep his commandments. How do you know God? Is it because you said you believe in Jesus? No, that's not what it says. By this we know that we love the children of God. I'm sorry, let me get back. But now by this we know that we have come to know God if we keep his commandments. This is a rough one for a lot of people who are taught that just by saying, I believe in Jesus, you're saying no. This is the lie of the devil. The one who pat, who says, I have come to know God and yet does not keep his commandments is a liar. That's scripture. I'm not saying it. The Bible's saying it. And the truth is not in such a person. But whoever obeys his word, truly in this person, the love of God has been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. How do you know that you're in God? How do you know that you know him? How do you know that you're actually saved? It's because you obey him. If you're not obeying, if you're in rebellion, you don't know him, you are not saved. That's, that's simple. The Bible calls you a liar. Don't be a liar. You don't have to be a liar. Just repent and say, okay, God, I'm getting on your game plan. Done with my game plan. We're doing it your way now. I'm sorry. That's all it takes. I'm sorry. Let's do it right now. Doesn't be this long, drawn-out process. You know, just say, okay, I'm sorry. I get it now. We're doing it your way. All right, 1 John 5, 2 through 4. By this we know we love the children of God whenever we love God and obey his commandments. So how, you can't love your brother and sister in Christ if you're not loving God by keeping his commandments. Yeah, that's what it just said. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments do not weigh us down because everyone who has been fathered by God conquers the world. This is the conquering power that has conquered the world, our faith. So do you see how he put faith and obedience together so beautifully right there? It's a miracle, right? This is at the end of time. God is still talking about lawlessness. This is from the parable of Jesus. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Now, everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Obedience. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy your name? False prophets. And through your name, throw out demons and through your name, do many wonderful works, false lying signs and wonders. And then I will say to them, I never knew you depart from me. Those working lawlessness. We just learned lawlessness is not keeping commandments. Sin is lawlessness. So Jesus said at the end of time, those working lawlessness are going to be kicked out. Those who claim to be Christians, those who claim to know his name, those who claim to serve him are going to hell because they refuse to obey him. Goodbye. Sad, but goodbye. Top of page 11. Come out from among the lawless and escape. Babylon flee. Okay. And here in a second, I'm going to tell you who the man of sin is. Isn't that wonderful? Get ready for it. It's going to be a face smacker. 
2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. Do not be unequally yoked together with underbelievers, for what fellowship does righteousness have with lawlessness? Many of you might be in churches right now teaching lawlessness. You're part of an antichrist system rebelling against God. You give your money to it. You give your time to it. You give your time donations to it. You support it in ways you should not. You are supporting the devil, Satan, Lucifer, stop it. No matter how pretty it looks, no matter how kind it feels, no how much it makes you feel good inside, stop supporting the devil. You're doing it. Stop it. Okay? That's the truth. Stop it. You're displeasing God. You're, you're pretending to be righteous. You're pretending to be holy because you want to act like disobedience is somehow kind of loving God because you feel good about it. It's ridiculous. Come on. Sorry. And that what partnership does light have with darkness? And what agreement does Christ have with Belial? And what part does a believer have with an unbeliever? We know true believers are obedient. And if you're sitting in a congregation of a bunch of disobedient, rebellious individuals, you are very contaminated in it. You're marinating in the rebellion. And you're tolerating it. And what agreement does a temple of God have with idols? For you are temples of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separated, says the Lord. Do not touch the unclean thing and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Said, do notice that the unbeliever is the lawless one. Those who don't obey God, but believers are those who obey God. Stop playing games with God. Start getting deadly serious. If you don't want to obey him, give up your faith, walk away, and stop wasting your time. Because that's exactly what you're doing. If you need help with obedience, ask for it. He wants to help you. But don't sit there and lie to yourself saying, I'm a saved Christian, but I'm in rebellion against God every day of my life because I don't have to obey him. Lie. Lie, 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 lie. You're a liar. You're believing the devil. You're, he's the father of lies. He has infected you. He has given you the antichrist spirit to rebel against the God who demands your obedience. All right. This is not friendly stuff we're about to read. God will destroy the children of Satan, those who work in disobedience. Don't be one. Colossians 3, 3 through 10. For you, for you died and your life has been hidden with Christ in God. Amen. When Christ is our life, our life is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornicators, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry, on account of which things sakes the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. So those who do not, he's, these, these letters are to the churches. This isn't a letter to pagans. This is to the body of Christ. Keep that in mind. Don't act like, well, he's talking to the world. No, he's talking to the believers. And he's like, listen, you guys are about to become children of wrath. Sons of disobedience because you won't stop doing these things. Uh, verse 7, among whom also once walked when you lived in uh, when you lived in these, but now also put off all things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, shame, speech out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, having put off the old man with his deeds. And having put on the new man, the old man, First Adam, new man, Jesus, having been renewed in the knowledge according to image of him who created him. Right. So put off the old Adam, put on the new Adam, Jesus. 
Ephesians 5, 3 through 11. But sexual immorality and all uncleanliness, covetousness, let it not even be mentioned among you as becoming, as become saints, nor filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not appropriate, but rather giving a thanks. For this is for sure that no sexually immoral person, no unclean person, no covetous person who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Oh, it's okay, brother. You're saved. We got grace and mercy. God's okay with you're fine it doesn't matter wrong liar 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 pants on fire you're a liar it matters it matters big time for let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things the wrath of god comes on the children of disobedience children who think they're christians but they're not they've never fully walked over god has had patience with them he's wooed them he's calling them he's giving them the power to obey he says come here my child stop doing what you're doing and there's this period this wonderful period where god winks at it to draw you to him but there's a day of decision where god goes listen I have tried. You have rebelled. My spirit will not always strive with you in this. You need to come to me and obey me or you're going to let in the spirit of the world, the spirit of Antichrist. There's many people in many churches that have been lied to. Okay, you now know the truth. Get on with it. Move on. Get up. Pull up your tent stakes and get moving. Stop messing around. How long? Today is the day of salvation. Let's do it today. You can obey God today. Just go, I'm doing it. It's that easy. It's like I picked up my glass. It was that that easy. God, what do you want me to do? I'm going to do that. Give me strength. Give me the power. I might fail a couple times. I might struggle with, but it's my now. It's my goal. I, obedience is the call of the day. I am now obeying you. Help me, Lord. Give me the power of the Holy Spirit. With your help, I can do that. And it's the truth. You can. Verse 7. Therefore, don't be partakers with them, for you were once darkness, but you are now a light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit in his all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is well-pleasing to the Lord. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but rather reprove them. Don't put up with sin amongst your midst. Don't say it's loving to let someone stay in their sin while their soul is going to hell. It's not loving. You're killing them out of convenience. You don't want to tell them you're in trouble, buddy, because it takes the pressure. Oh, give me a hug. I love you. You're going straight to hell, but I love you. Oh, it's all about you feeling good about yourself and not being a little uncomfortable and telling people, listen, your faith is jack. You're messing up. You're screwing around with God. Stop it. Get right with God while there's time. There's time. Do it now. All right. Now that we have firmly settled the facts to show that Satan is a liar, that he is the power behind the man of sin, the Antichrist and the beast system, that whoever worships and follows after the beast, the Antichrist and the man of sin is actually worshiping Satan. That deception is to get you to worship Satan in rebellion against God and, 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 and to enjoy sinning. That the man of sin, the lawless, sin, lawless one, will have his followers stop keeping the commandments of God. We must now reveal who this person is. And how the greatest of all deceptions have been released upon the world, all meant to destroy the body of Christ. So who in the world is still telling the same lie of the servant to the children of God? Who is the son of lawlessness? You guys ready? I feel like I need to wait one second because Lorian dropped off at a real inopportune moment. <laughs> Poor thing. Uh, here it is. 
If she jumps back in, I'll tell her. This is going to slap you upside the head. The son of perdition is being preached and bring the church is being prepared. And right, because there will come a day that this individual will be revealed and will draw the church away. Okay, but the son of perdition is the false, fake Jesus being taught in your churches that tells you you do not need to obey God. This satanic Messiah, Jesus said, beware, there's going to be false messiahs. He said, they're going to be here. They're going to say, I'm here, and they're going to say, I'm there. That fake Jesus that tells you that you don't need to obey him, that you do not need to obey God, is Satan acting like Jesus, having a, a spirit of holiness about him, denying the power thereof. This fake Jesus has taken over Christianity. He is the man of sin. He's the one that tells you you can't sin, and God's cool with it. You can be a homosexual, and God's cool with it. You can abort your baby. He's cool with it. You can have adultery. He's cool with it. You can break the Sabbath. He's cool with it. You can have other gods. He's cool with it. You can lie, cheat, murder, steal, covet. He's cool with it. He, you can do whatever you want because he's got grace. He's got mercy. This fake Jesus, this man of sin being taught in your churches today is the same one when you listen to K-Love make songs all about humans and said all about God, about how much God loves you. That's fine. It's important. But if you listen to the songs long enough, you'll see one dividing trait here. It has nothing to do about God. It has everything to do about you. They make where God is worshiping you. That's right. When you need to be worshiping God. Fake Jesus the Antichrist, the one we've been warned about, the one that is now revealed, this Jesus Christ, Antichrist system, this fake Jesus is destroying the body of Christ. And it's everywhere. Looking from the Catholic Church to the Protestant denominations, look at how many of them are becoming apostate and saying, listen, homosexual marriage is good. We can we need to have wooden pastures. That's good. We need to sit there and do all these things that are against the scripture and tell you it's good. And they try, and then they're like, well, now we need to have interfaith communion. We need to have uh, Hindus and Buddhists and Muslims and pagans, and we we'll all get together and have communion together. Look online; it's happening everywhere. The church is being infiltrated by this antichrist system, this fake Jesus that is not the God of the Bible. Galatians said, if another angel of heaven comes down and preaches another gospel, but the one I have preached to you, let him be a curse. He said, Paul himself, even if I tell you of another gospel, let me become a curse. We're going to cover this next week. But this fake Jesus is the man of sin. I promise you that. It is my wholehearted belief. That's exactly what's happening. Your prosperity teaching. Prosperity teaching, right. Where they teach you that life is always good, that you don't need to sacrifice. They can get your best life now that it's all about you. It's not about you. It's about God and what you can do for the body of Christ. Get you out of the equation and you'll finally be happy. I promise you, you are the problem. So fake Jesus is the man of sin. Your churches, if they're teaching you, you don't have to keep the commandments of God. It's teaching you fake Jesus. He's te they're teaching you any Christ spirit. And Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. In other words, the teaching might be 90% right, but it's that 10% leaven that will pervert your soul and teach you you don't need to rise up, obey, do what Christ would have you to do, sacrifice, and walk forward in Christ Jesus. The real Jesus, the one that died to be obedient. 
the one who set the standard, the example for us to follow. Fake Jesus is killing the body of Christ. It's destroying the church. Fake Jesus is the man of sin. Because he teaches you to sin and pretends to be Jesus while he does it. It is Satan. It is Lucifer. It has come from among us. It desires the things of man. We looked at the list. Um, real quick, I'm going to go back there. All those things we learned from Judas. It says, he desired worldly gain. What did they teach you? Prosperity. He is amongst the 12th part of the church. Come in First John, he came out from among us. He wanted to lead and have his will done. He's subverting the will and lead of God for his own. He did not fear God in Christ, right? What we really read in Revelation, he blasphemed God, blasphemed everything about heaven, right? He hates the things of God and prefers the things of flesh. You don't have to obey. He portrayed those he may trust them. All those who believe in fake Jesus are going to hell because they don't have a love of the truth. That's what the second Thessalonians said, right? That was the part of the, uh, the, the message there about the son of perdition. They did not have a love for the truth. So God sent them a deceiving spirit so they would die. Don't play games with God, right? And here is at the bottom here, his betrayal is an act of suicide. If you believe in the fake Jesus cult, and if you want to participate in that, guess what's happening? You're in a suicide cult. You're guaranteeing your destruction because you remain in rebellion against a righteous, holy, true God who will not put up with it. He'll have grace and mercy if you're trying and you're struggling. But if you're going, oh, no, Lord, I have my own way and this is how I do it. And your church teaches you. Yeah, that's OK. You do it your way. Yep, traditions amends. You're going to hell. That's the truth. Stop it. Repent. Get right. And you'll be fine. And it's not hard. All you have to do is right now and go, Jesus, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I will now follow the Jesus of the Bible. I will obey what he says. I will do what he says. And I will stay on the path you have me to do. I'm going to leave the jacked up church I'm a part of who's teaching against your will and against obedience and is part of the antichrist system and get in touch with churches and there are there are churches out there that teach the commandments and and ride with them for till the end okay and that's what's been taken out of right they used to put it up on the wall when right? you walk in but not anymore and so what we need to do is go ahead and realize there is time and now is the time you can get right with god and I pray you do. But don't believe in fake Jesus anymore. It's Satan. It's Lucifer. All right. Let's pray. Dear Father, we praise you. We thank you. We love you. Thank you for this understanding. Thank you for this beautiful knowledge, Father, that fake Jesus is in the world. And fake Jesus is teaching rebellion. And fake Jesus has got it all jacked up. And we don't have to live that way anymore. We can read the Bible. We can read the scriptures. We can obey what it says. We can exalt you in it. We can obey you. And we have grace and mercy for any failings we ever encounter in our lives because you love us enough to forgive us. The Bible says you're just and faithful to forgive us if we ask. And we're sin abound, grace more abounds, but not where rebellion abounds. Let us be children of obedience, not children of disobedience. Be children of light, not children of darkness. Father, we, we repent. Of the spirit of antichrist has come into our hearts minds and souls and all the deception teaching we have been taught in our lives we reject it we release it and we accept the spirit of truth so we can follow you please you and exalt you in this world and be a part of the body of christ truly 
In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. If you feel so led of the Lord and want to know how to donate to this ministry outreach, please visit brotherlance.com and scroll down to the bottom of the main page for the PayPal link. Thank you, and may God's blessing rest upon you. Brother Lance, no.